Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and we are here at the final stretch. The finish line is at hand. Over 20 teams are scraping their way to try to get in the playoffs right now. The number one seed for the AFC conference is still at hand. So Buffalo still has a lot to play for here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, it does not get easy against the Falcons. Okay, I'm going to start off by saying that we do have just two points that I'm really going to expand upon in this podcast. The first thing I'm going to talk about uh, in reference to obviously the magnificent game the Bills had against the Patriots was McKenzie put every receiver underperforming on notice. The second point we're going to get into is the Atlanta Falcons looking to make a push for the playoffs. So, guys, buckle up, get ready. Um, you know, we're in the thicket here, and obviously a lot of storylines that are surrounding the Bills as to if they're, you know, if they're real or not, right? Um, certainly Josh Allen is real, <laughs> but uh, his surrounding supporting cast is where everyone has seen a, I guess, a lackluster um Consistency, right? It's very been been a very inconsistent season. Where now we're looking into a game where this is when you want to have that consistency show up. And everyone has had their time to shine on this offense, aside from you know some guys that are sitting at the fourth string position, whether it be running back or you know look at a guy like Isaiah Hodgins at the wide receiver position. Like literally, the Bills have been <laughs> they they got their hands on everyone they could on the offensive side of the football. And no and behold, Isaiah McKenzie, the man who was infamous for fumbling in the Colts game, decides to play out of his absolute freaking mind. The only splash that I have seen compared to this, this season, from another player on this team is from Harrison Phillips, which I talked about him a bunch in the last few podcasts. I've been very impressed with him. I'm very happy. Um, He actually gives me hope if the Bills end up going toe-to-toe with the Colts again in the playoffs that he, he, he really got up in that offensive line's face. But you look at the offensive side of the football with Isaiah McKenzie, like, goodness gracious. Oh, man, where do you begin? I mean, where was this? And, and and this goes to show you that there is definitely a 
healthy variety in this playbook to get players in position to make plays. Keyword <laughs> two, right? Uh, you you get them there, and Isaiah McKenzie out of any other player because of the COVID list, uh, you know, just decides to play out of his mind. You know what you're going to get out of Stephon Diggs. We are now looking at a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, right? And no knock to Cole Beasley, no knock to Gabe Davis, but, you know, if they underperform, this offense, the scheme itself, by Isaiah McKenzie playing the way he did, basically put everyone on notice that it works if you execute. And we've heard it all season long that the players were saying, we just got to go there and execute. We just got to go out there and execute. We just got to go out there and do what our coaches have planned. And it's like the cliche scapegoat answer, in my opinion. But now, I believe it's actually not. I think it's a very... Um, it's, it's, it's an answer that has a lot of context to it now, where you have a guy who literally signed for a million dollars and, uh, you know, just wanted to be a part of this team because he knew that it was headed in the right direction um, for his career. And quite frankly, as a whole franchise, it's just healthy. Uh, you can make a bunch of money somewhere else, Isaiah, but, you know, I, I think he made the right decision. You know, he has other ventures outside of football, so maybe he's not even, not, maybe it's not even about the money, right? It's, it's at the end of the day, it's, can I just have a successful, healthy, awesome career on a team that is not going to be toxic? And this is how you know the Bills aren't toxic, right? He has that mishap on special teams, and they take time to try to figure out how to get him back in line to make him effective on the offensive side of the football. And Obviously, we don't want to see COVID happen for this stuff to occur. It's terrible. Um, but they have faith in him, right? They put him out there on the field, and they said, we're going to run these plays for you. And sure as heck, just kept feeding him the football. And I am super damn proud of a little Dirty. I think he's, I think he's awesome. I think he's um, been very underutilized up until this point in the season. And I mean, I was... I, I hate sounding like that guy. Like, I was the one back in the day just talking. Like, no. Like, literally, um, I was really hoping this season that they would get more involved. And, it, you know, you look at a team like Kansas City. It's not about having a Tyreek Hill. It's just having that type of speed at the wide receiver position, whether if it's stretching the field or whether if it's just, just making the defense uncomfortable. That's the kind of guy you want to get involved early and often because then to pass the ball to Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, and Stephon Diggs, and for God's sakes, Dawson Knox, I, I can keep going, right? Obviously, you know, number 13. But it's just, it makes things easier on offense and on Josh Allen when you got speed on the offensive side of the football that's just not coming from the quarterback position and also, you know, not from the running back position. But, um, it's one of those things we, we really haven't seen aside from Stefan Diggs being able to get this kind of separation um, against a nickel cornerback. So, you know, hats off to Isaiah. My goodness, literally saved our season. <laughs> and, um, you know, what I am thinking going into this next game is kind of what I've been saying for a while. When the Bills have success, they just have to keep the snowball you know, just increasing over and over and over and over until a team can stop it. 
that that's the kind of league we live in, right? Like you look at a team like Kansas City where they they rely on that heavily. Uh, they don't like to switch up what they do. They just hope that when they get the ball rolling again, whether if it's on defense or offense, whatever, they're on an eight-game win streak, right? <laughs> they're doing exactly what Kansas City does. They're not doing – you don't see Mahomes dropping back in an I formation, single back, you know, all these formations that are super traditional that you see a guy like Josh Allen doing. Patrick Mahomes is doing what Patrick Mahomes does in the Andy Reid offense. And I think when you look at a guy like Josh Allen and this offense, I just feel like the coaching staff was, they, they basically got together and just said, let's just throw it on his shoulders and see what happens. Let's see how much fluid this offense can be. And guess what? The offense is as explosive as ever. And Josh Allen looks like 2020 Josh Allen. It's scary to look at. You don't want your quarterback doing what Josh Allen does. But if he can, at least until, I don't know, the offense continues to evolve in another direction, you just keep riding the wave. You look at what Carolina did with Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton's arm wasn't nearly as refined as Josh's, but Carolina basically said, you can't stop it. We're going to keep doing it, even if it doesn't look pretty. Mind you, they got into the they got into the Super Bowl and the defensive line of the Denver Broncos was absolutely just, you know, dominating the the offensive line of the Carolina Panthers. But, you know, when I look at a team like the Buffalo Bills, not as a fan, but as just someone who loves to watch football, I don't want to face them because I can run the perfect defensive call. I can put players in position to make the play and Josh Allen is still going to find a way to exploit them. This this is the this is the effect that a playmaking quarterback can have. And I don't, I know I'm bringing up past demons of people that were just, you know, super upset that the Bills didn't take Tim Tebow. But do you remember I just want to bring this up for a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry I got to put someone on blast, but uh Anthony Marino if you're listening, uh you know, I was with there. I was, I was there with you when you wanted Tim Tebow back in the day, and when the Bills didn't take him, how, you know, I was upset. I just wanted a playmaker at the quarterback position because I kept seeing all these quarterbacks coming out of the draft: Kaepernick and you know Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, and you know, you know RG three. Like I just felt like it was a new wave, and and you know, Buddy Nix goes with EJ Manuel, uh, which you know, to Manuel's credit, right? He didn't really have the refiner as far as, uh, you know, the quarterback's coach that can really take him to the next level. And, you know, there's a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but at the, at the end of the day, you either have it or you don't, you know? Um, and, and, and you just, you wonder, right? What if, you, you're back in those days, what if the Bills had a guy who could just, I mean, bum rush a linebacker, stiff arm whoever the heck he wanted, um, when he just wanted to get an extra yard. And it's just, this This feels so surreal that our quarterback <laughs> wasn't advertised to, to be this good, and he is legitimately juking, juking the top cornerback in the NFL to get a first down in the fourth quarter, and then flips it 
um, you know, a couple of plays later to, to Stephon Diggs for a first down on fourth down. Like, are you kidding me? Or it was third down. But the fact of the matter is that, man, how do you stop it? It's incredible, you know, and, and and I wanted to say this to finish off with the offensive side of the football real quick. Like, I bring up the Isaiah McKenzie thing to start with, you know, putting the receivers on notices because, look, this is why in this offense it is so vital. It's like a vital organ in the Buffalo Bills body to have a solid wide receiver too because then Stephon Diggs pops off. And what are you going to do when Josh Allen decides to juke people out of their boots? They're unstoppable. Everything begins to flow easily. So a lot of people want to say, you know, this is my final argument. I am done talking about what needs to happen for this offense. This is what I think is the gear that was missing. It wasn't the running game. Josh Allen has always been there. He's always been able to bring his A game whenever the coaching staff unleashes him. It's not Stephon Diggs not being able to win the one-on-one coverage or exploit the double team. It's not Dawson Knox not being able to, you know, go one-on-one against a linebacker or short safety or a safety, whatever you want to call. This was all about what this offense needed was a wide receiver to, to open up the playbook. That was it. Because then you're forced like New England was, to play man-to-man and, and have a spy. And people were wondering, well, you know, why didn't they just play, you know, zone? Well, because he got to account for Stephon Diggs. And they wanted to make sure J.C. Jackson was draping him the entire game. He can't play cover two or cover three when Stephon Diggs decides to run across the entire side of the field or, you know, you got a guy like Isaiah McKenzie and then you get, you get exposed. Josh, can he can tear your zone apart. So they betted that they could get pressure, have a QB spy, and win one-on-one against the Buffalo Bills receivers, and they lost with that game plan. (laughs) Kudos to the Buffalo Bills. I'm super proud of them. Moving on. So, um, you know, the Atlanta Falcons are 7-8, and okay? And this, to me, feels like an opportunity to really have some poetic justice to, and not just not just this game, it's going to be the next game too. <laughs> the, the, the Jets are a rival, so that's going to be an interesting conversation to have. I'm actually going to be talking to Jets Central from YouTube. It's going to be interesting. Now, talking about the Atlanta Falcons, you know, we can't walk over these two teams, um, you know, especially the Falcons, and think that, you know, this will just be a matchup where it's going to warm us up for the playoffs. No, it is not. This team is literally going to want to steal every ounce of thunder the Bills just had trying to seize the AFC East. There are literally three things at stake with these last two games. The AFC East title, right? The number one seed in the AFC and home field advantage. I'm indifferent. Um, I think the Bills have played phenomenal on the road, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too sad if you know they weren't playing in Buffalo. 
And honestly, because of <laughs> the way the weather was against New England, I kind of don't want to chance it. You know, if you feel that gut feeling. But if if the weather's good, the fans are there. It's bitter. It's cold. And the Bills are used to the element, and they face an opponent that is uncomfortable. That's a dome team. You know, there you go. You have the advantage. Now, we've been here before, right? The Buffalo Bills had a chance several seasons ago to win the AFC East and decided to bench their players in the last game of the season And if they would have won the last game of the season, they would have won the division against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. This was the season before he left to Tampa. And it's kind of the same situation here. The Bills are going to have to think of of the rest of this whole way is going to be literally one of the most historic and serious um, stretches in Bill's history. The odds are against them, right? And we are hoping in some way, shape, or form, they can, you know, build momentum that we haven't seen in decades. And I feel like last season was, it was unfortunate because obviously you had no fans and then there's a lot of arguments about, you know, what happened in the playoffs and then we go to Kansas City and they basically have a full house and it, it kind of just had an effect on the Bills. Like, I don't know. At the end of the day, they had a full crowd earlier in the season against Patrick Mahomes. Mind you, they didn't have Chris Jones on the defensive line, whatever, but the Bills beat them fair and square at Kansas City. If the Buffalo Bills were to get the number one seed and that entire team is healthy and they're streaking, right? I would prefer to play. I definitely prefer to play them in Buffalo. Um, They also got Ingram now. So their defense definitely runs a little differently. They're a lot more aggressive. And obviously Ingram, uh, Melvin Ingram had a hell of a game against Josh Allen in the first game of the season when he was playing for Pittsburgh. I don't know what Pittsburgh was thinking getting rid of him, but whatever. (laughs) I think that was a big boo-boo. And I'm kind of bitter the Bills didn't pick him up, but whatever. We're past that. Fact of the matter now is, with what's at stake, how many possibilities, they are endless, right? As far as the home field advantage, who we face. Um, The Bills simply have to win this game and the next game. There's no leeway. That's it. There's no leeway. And the Atlanta Falcons are coming into this game hungry as can be. Mind you, they've kind of had a very up and down, you know, most recent, um, you know, season. I wouldn't say that, you know, they've been absolutely terrible. I think at the end of the day, they just, they are who they are right now without a playmaker at the wide receiver position in Julio Jones. I mean, that's literally who they ran uh, their offense through. And then, you know, Calvin Ridley ends up retiring for personal reasons. Um, I believe they're uh, for mental health reasons. And, uh, you know, fact of the matter is you still, you're still playing Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan had a lot of success against the Sean McDermott defense out of Carolina. So, They know each other pretty well, and there's going to be a lot of familiar looks from both sides that, you know, they're going to have to be ready for. 
Uh, and it was funny. I was looking at what the defensive coordinator said in regards to Josh Allen. Uh, you know, from the Falcons, and he said, don't let him off the bus. I mean, they know what Josh Allen can do. And, you know, there there is no reason to be cocky as much as Bills fans, we want to be cocky, but um, that doesn't mean we can't stick up for our team, right? I totally understand that. But the reality of the situation is the Bills have been here before. If you want to talk trash, I recommend doing it after, I don't know, at this point, for me, I don't. I don't want to talk trash about any team until we win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I just. I just feel like I learned my lesson. I hope you guys did too, because I'll tell you, it doesn't matter who you play in this league. This year is a perfect example forever that you underestimate no one, no matter who's playing quarterback, who's on the defensive side of the football. You give them the respect they deserve for being an NFL team. <laughs> there have been times that the Jacksonville Jaguars have looked better than the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns still have a chance to be in the playoffs. That goes to show you a lot. <laughs> so, um, look, right now, we're in position, but we are also in position to make the playoffs, but we are also in position to lose everything against two teams that would love it more than anything to just spoil the Buffalo Bills uh, playoff party. So I'm praying and hoping that their mind is going to be in the game. They're not going to be lackadaisy like they were in that Jacksonville game. I hope I want to see the Bills. I don't care if it's the Falcons. I want to see them have so much energy in this game that it they literally tear off the roof uh, blow the roof off in Buffalo if there ever was a roof in Buffalo, which you know now we know there probably isn't going to be one. But <laughs> regardless of the new stadium, um, what do you do about Matt Ryan? Well, if you look at the last couple of games with Matt Ryan, I had I had a lot of time that I was um, taking over the last week, just trying to you know figure out what they were doing, how they were getting exploited, when they were having success. At the end of the day, what what it all comes down to. It's very simple. Get pressure on Matt Ryan. That's it. You know, he has gauge. You know, he's a quick receiver. He can he can get the ball out quick. But the Buffalo Bills basically have to get in his face early and often. Make him, make him uncomfortable because he can't scramble and make plays. Um, he's going to rely on being able to read protections, read what the Buffalo Bills are doing, and hopefully the Bills don't fall for some random, you know, screenplay that goes for like 50, 40 yards. Like they got to play sharp against this team. They got speedy guys. They got guys that can make plays. And Matt Ryan, I think if he was on another team with uh, better structure, look at a team like maybe the Denver Broncos. Everyone's always saying, oh, if they had a better quarterback. Well, you know what? I think they'd be a lot better off if they had a guy like Matt Ryan running their team. I'm just going to be honest. So uh, Matt Ryan is still someone I respect. I just think that there have been a lot of times where when pressure gets there, that offense collapses. There is no playmaking ability. There's no one that's going to bail him out. It's your Matt Ryan or bust. And um, that is how they're riding their team right now. And going into Buffalo against the number one defense in the NFL, you better believe he is going to try his absolute best to get that ball out quick and early and have the success that, um, you know, any any quarterback would want against a really good defense early on is, you know, and, and that's something that, you know, the Bills have to be aware of. So as far as the running game goes, I feel like the Buffalo Bills have really cleaned it up. Being able to get a guy like Harrison Phillips some time to mature and grow 
although it's been due to COVID, due to injury with Star, um, I think he just fits the offense and excuse me, the defense a whole lot better um, than Star Latulule does. Now, game plans can switch, but um, you know this this is a, this is a particular situation for the Bills that they got to play really sharp. And, you know, on offense, the offensive line has to play sharp. Um, Grady Jarrett, you know, that's a guy that's very explosive on the defensive line of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Playmaking ability, um, very strong, point of the attack. You know, a guy that you want in the defensive line to just disrupt a game plan. And you look at the game against the Lions, and, I mean, literally they had, at one point I was watching, it was a, it was a run play, and they triple teamed him. It goes to show you, man, Um there's tape on this guy and it pops off the screen. So, you know, that's something that, you know, I was looking at. And as far as, you know, you look at the offensive side of the football, let me tell you something, man. Uh, Kyle Pitts, the guy's emerging. I think he's a fantastic prospect out of the, you know, this year's draft. And um, Hayden Hurst, I just read, literally is just got on the COVID list. So that double-headed monster thing that they're trying to run with the tight end set, that's gone. Um, if he's not ready to go, which I do not know, I didn't really see anything as far as him being vaccinated, but I do know that he's on the COVID list along with over like eight other players. So, um, that double headed monster thing is not going to be a factor. So I definitely am looking forward to the matchup for Matt Milano to go one-on-one, uh, with, you know, with a guy like Cal Pitts. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Got probably going to see a lot of nickel set um, formations with these Buffalo Bills, but you know I'm really hoping that they can figure out how to get pressure on Matt Ryan because uh, you know early in the game that's something that definitely set the tone you know against the New England Patriots with Ed Oliver uh, just <laughs> he's just a monster I mean he's really emerging on the Buffalo Bills and just another player that you know on any other team he could start and make a big difference you know and that's how you know that players are starting to figure out how they fit on this football team. Um, So, you know, the last guy I want to talk about here for the Atlanta Falcons is none other than Cordell Patterson, right? I mean, this guy has literally played a snap out of everything except center on the football field. I mean, it's insane. Uh, This is a guy, obviously, starts his career off in Minnesota, has a really, uh, you know, close connection with with, you know, Stefan Diggs. And um, <laughs> I'm not sure what wings he ended up getting. And hopefully they were from, uh, they were from Bar Bill. But, uh, you know, he's a guy, they're throwing him at the running back position. He can literally play anywhere. And it just frustrates a defense when a guy is so quick um, and physical and just unorthodox. Kind of reminds me of Montgomery, uh, the wide receiver slash running back out of Green Bay. Um, from several years ago. I don't know if he's still in the league, but you know that guy had a tendency to really just pop off the screen and do things that you just weren't used to seeing. And this is that kind of player in Cordell Patterson. So I definitely am interested to see how this is going to transpire. I don't have a prediction <laughs> as far as um, how they're going to play him. My prediction as the score goes, which is pretty much my closing point here, um, and I'll give you the reason why, um, so my score for this game is going to be Bills 30 and the Atlanta Falcons 14. Um, I definitely see, uh, you know, the Bills getting their guys back and, you know, being able to 
score points, but maybe playing a little conservative towards the end of the game just to protect their players. Um, and then I have a situation with, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, has a touchdown early and then gets a touchdown late. And I got Josh Allen having another 300 uh, three touchdown game. Uh, you know, 300 yard, three touchdown game. I see no interceptions. I see him playing a clean game. I see the offense uh, really supporting him. And, you know, hopefully uh, they produce in even other, other different ways. I say 300 yards and three touchdowns, but, you know, <laughs> I don't care how the Bills get it done. I'll be honest with you. If it's the running backs having 300 yards and three touchdowns, awesome. Um, I just think the offense as a whole is finally getting, you know, their juices flowing and it comes, uh, you know, straight from allowing Josh Allen to be who he is. So, you know, that's where I see this game. You know, next game is going to be just as important, just as vital. And we're going to have to keep our eyes sharp on what's happening in this playoff picture. I mean, literally this game, and I believe a loss by Baltimore, clinches a playoff berth for Buffalo. So, um, you know, depending on what the, what the Buffalo Bills are, you know, hoping for or believing will happen, what probability they are sitting upon, um, really, I think, is going to determine how they handle, you know, either the second half of this game or even the Jets game. If, you know, my prediction goes as planned and this isn't become like one of those weird <laughs> games where, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, it, it goes to overtime or something. I Gosh, knock on wood. I really hope this game doesn't go to overtime. <laughs> but um, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you so much for listening to Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Next week, I am going to be having my good friend, Ian, from Jets Central, um, help me break down what's going on with the Jets. Um, obviously, they've had a tumultuous season, but look, I got a lot of respect for this kid. Um, you know, Zach Wilson, I, I think he he kind of had some, he had some highlights that, in my opinion, this is my humble opinion, I just feel like he has an it factor. I don't know what it is, but um, you can't get there yet, right? I'm, I'm excited about that matchup, but we can't get there yet until we handle the Falcons. So wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, crack open a Labatt Blue. Or if you're over where I'm from, crack open an 805 for the game. Enjoy it. Enjoy the new bringing in the new year with your family. Um, I certainly am. And finally, to all the veterans out there and first responders, all of my respect, love, and prayers go to you. Stay strong out there, wherever you're at, whether if you're deployed or if you're on the ground doing what you need to do. Um, you got Buff Hub support. Finally, go Bills. <laughs>